There's no countdown. We had one one viewer and they already left because they were like, I want the countdown. I guess, That's what they I come guess for. I'll leave. They set their watch right. every Monday and then they're out. Sometimes <laughs> they set their watch so that they can watch the other watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, what's up to all our sidekicks and hinge folk out there in the Geek Nation? You're currently tuning into the Cult Pop Podcast, episode 790. We're changing things up a tad. We're do- we were doing weekly comic reviews, but we found that was getting a little stale and boring and blah, 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 blah. blah. So, um... We're going to be doing movies and graphic novels on alternating weeks. I don't know why there was a third option. Um, and then at the end of the month, we'll be doing like a monthly week, week, monthly count, a monthly comics roundup show. That's the words I'm looking for. I'm your host, Johnny Destructo of Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex, located at 4327 Main Street in Philadelphia, PA, a super rad shop which caters to nerdy and nerd-adjacent individuals of all shapes and sizes. Joining me tonight are... Well, not that guy. Get out of here. Rob Patey, you're not here. Brian Lieb! Hey! And, and Mars Noah Comics. Bar- oh, and no... What's and, up? And, you're back. Hey. Hey. hey oh, and... the. Do they always have a, a little um, Mars Comics logo? That's cool. Yeah, it is cool. That's dope. Uh, <clears throat> thank you for joining us tonight, and thank you for everyone joining us uh, on Facebook and YouTube and Twitch. If you like what we're doing, please be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share. Noel, I introduced Brian and asked him how he is. He said whatever. Uh, no, how you doing, buddy? I'm all right. It's it was a, it's been a better day. I'm sorry, like um. Robert, Robert Monroe Jr., longtime listener, yeah. constant contributor, friend of the show, asked, said, welcome back. Yeah. I'm sorry, I've been away for so long. I've just been in a nine to five that doesn't like to end at five. So uh, nine to nine uh, or later. Yeah, um, but yeah. working on it. Thank you for uh, welcoming me back. I'm happy to be here. Oh, <laughs> and Mars says, what? No comic reviews. Yeah, sorry, Mars. Uh, the, the show has changed. That's what happens when you skip out. Uh, you miss out on Mars, the new stuff. Mars, don't worry, because I will try and squeeze in weekly comics every chance I get. Nice. Because that's how I roll, brother. Yeah, we're going to do... Uh, here, here's what it's going to be. It's going to be uh, what we've been doing this week, right, for the past week since we last saw each other. A little catch-up on maybe TV or video games mm-hmm. or movies that we've been watching or comic books we've been reading. Mm-hmm. And then we'll have a main review. So tonight... We're going to have uh, a segment we like to call, What'd You Do This Week, Huh? And then we're going to do uh, a full-length review of everywhere, Everything Everywhere All at Once, the film, the movie. Yeah, and next so week, a hopefully graphic, you've watched that movie. Next week, a graphic novel that we've decided upon uh, in advance. The idea is for us to all be on the same page because if you were watching weekly or listening weekly, sometimes we all didn't read all the same stuff. And uh, life got in the way. So we're trying to be as strategic as possible while still doing all the stuff that hopefully everybody enjoys. Brian? So for next week, oh, look at all of the nice Noel comments in the 
huh? in the down belows. Huh? Yeah. Um, yeah. Put them on the screen! No! <laughs> Someone said, uh, Kevin said, Noel, exclamation point. And then Hal said, hey, Noel, welcome back. And then Robbie Monroe Jr. said, oh, has anyone watched Paper Girls? That wasn't Which Noel has I watched. I have. I'm, we're going to talk about that and what you've been doing this week. Yeah. I actually... Oh. I, oh, no, no, I'm still here. For I, a second, Kevin <laughs> thought the new format didn't include Noel. Well, we I mean... worried about that, too. For a second... For a second, yeah, yeah. earlier in the show, I was about to quit. Because uh, goddamn it. Uh, uh, can we do behind the sausage for a second? Like behind the sausage curtain? Yeah, let's, let's yeah. speak back All right, there. so this program we're using StreamYard in order to uh, blast our faces and our voices onto to you um, has this feature where you could hit the timer and it does the... With the numbers, right? If you hit yeah, go live, if you hit go live and the number and then the number, you'll get like on the feedback later on, you'll get like a, oh, we're going to hit like you'll get like a, a second or two of live action before you go to the countdown, like like a, a poor edit. So I am yeah. oddly militant about this one thing that we try and do every week where I'm going to hit the countdown and then I'm going to pause and then hit live. So there's no weird edit. We didn't do that. And these motherfuckers right here. Oh, he means he means me. For anyone in the in the iTunes. Oh, he means JD and Brian. JD and Brian. Uh, JD and Brian. The other motherfuckers on the podcast. These, yeah, these. The only other motherfuckers on the show. These these sons of butts uh, threatened to <laughs> to hit the countdown, which which triggered me after going live. It did. Triggered me hard. It really did. Um, because all I care about is quality and consistency. It's a consistent quality. I'll tell you what, the whole point of the countdown is to be done after it's live, and then it just kind of fades into the countdown and then goes into the show. So if, if you guys want to make the countdown one. a segment, yeah. I'll go ahead and put it in the script. Uh, after the first like review, that. we'll do a countdown live. A 30 minute, yeah. 30 second we break. We should do a 30 second countdown right. to yeah. all of our different a, segments. A 30 second Every break. Every comic we do. <laughs> there you go. 30 second That's it. countdown. As long as there is a, a strategic solution, uh, my yeah. my little uh, things won't fire inside of my head. Mm. Uh, yeah. Sounds good. I love it. Um, you can also email us at cultspopgo at gmail.com. Welcome back. And you can join our book club Facebook group. Uh, if you go on the Facebook uh, and look at the groups, you can find JD's Hero Complex Book Club every Tuesday night at 8 o'clock. We have a private book club slash movie club that we do. Um Anyway, that's it. We did it. That's the intro. Now we can get into the, the beef, the jerky of the show. Before we get around to our main review tonight of the, uh, the film Everything Everywhere All at Once, we're going to go around the digital room and talk a little bit about the week in a segment we like to call, Hey, what'd you do this week, huh? Um, oh. Yeah. Well, I have to, uh, let's... There's some, new, there's some breaking news. Yeah. Breaking news. This just in. The Flash TV show on the CW will end with a 13-episode ninth season. What are your thoughts on this breaking news? No. Oh, I was... You know what? I think of the three of us. The only person that still watches it religiously is Brian. I would like to hear his... Oh thoughts on this first before i you're right no shut up brian 
What are your thoughts? I'll tell you what. The fact that I am not caught up on the Flash, on a Flash TV series, you know, I am like an arc behind. Okay. Um, That makes sense. It says a lot for the show, right? And I, I was never, I was never like, man, I'm tired of this show. I just, when it went on hiatus and came back, I didn't go back to it. Oh, you same, know? same. And now but I have the whole the whole back half of the season. Same, yeah. except it's been four years. So, yeah. for uh, me, like, for some reason, like, I, I, I enjoyed it for a long time. And then I got to maybe season five. And I was like, oh, that's still The Flash. And then it, yeah. it went away. And when it came back, I just... I just didn't watch it anymore. Yeah. Like, and I would dive in, I would jump in every once in a while, like watch the season premiere, or the season finale and catch up or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then that stopped in like season six. I'm like, all right, it's cool. My experience with the flash is I got up to whatever season it is with Savitar. Mm. And I watched, Oh wait, no, I finished that one. Never mind. You we started started after the, Savitar. the dark matter one where the elongated man is introduced, right? Yes, yeah, that's yeah. the season I'm on right now. That's a good but season. But the negativity coming from every, almost every person I talked to about the Flash television show, the negativity was so pervasive that I went, even though I'm currently enjoying it, my, my enthusiasm just went down and down and down and down until I was just like, eh, I got other things to watch. So I, I started off loving the Flash. Yeah. I thought that show was awesome. Such a, such a fun show. Mm. And... Um, yeah, I think I'm on season five. Is it four or five? Uh, I think five. After probably. Avatar. Five. five so that's that's where I'm that's at. essentially where I fell off too. I, I just nine years ago, or eight, or I don't know. Oh my god! It was there was nothing else like it on television. It really was mimicking the joy of comics. They had those great uh, after credit bumpers. Like it was just a fun ass show. They kept escalating, and I loved it. Then over the last ten years. The quality of television and sequential storytelling in the art form has mm-hmm. evolved. Yet mm-hmm. that show hasn't changed a stitch. So it's mm. it's just it became passe in its own lifetime. And I was just like, I you know what? It, it's just not it's not engaging anymore. Same thing happened with the Arrow show. It just like it was on like four seasons yeah. too long. Arrow picked yep. back up, I feel like, in the, what was it, second to last season where he goes to prison, I was like, oh, I'm once again interested in this show. This is pretty cool. And maybe The Flash will do something similar. Um, I was a little surprised that it's uh, that it's a short season. I expected mm. it to end after this season, but it, it being sure uh, surprised me. Oh, what does Mars Comics say? Mars Comics says, yeah, my kid fell in love with The Flash years ago. He's such a fan of the show. Now he picks up the comics. Yeah, it... it it's fantastic. It's a, it's a great gateway, yeah. but it just yeah. it, nine years is a long time for any television show, no matter how good it is. And at the five season mark, I just felt like doing other things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I do still intend to go back and and pick up the rest of the season, and <coughs> I'll you know I'll see the final season. But yeah, it's just not as you know what. Also, it's not as much about the Flash as. It was in the beginning. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of other now stuff That's about going the Flash on. family. Yeah, yeah. Team Flash. Yeah. yeah, which didn't work out well in the uh, comics either. 
Hal says the CW just rides their shows into the ground. I loved Arrow and Flash, Black Lightning, Supergirl, Legends of Tomorrow is a couple of seasons. Then they went on too long. Hmm. And oh, Mars agrees. Mars says I agree. Seasons, Oh, mm. There we go. Um, um, hmm. Yeah, but maybe it only stopped being good after the first season. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, I actually thought that one got better and better. Um, yeah, yeah. I think so, if I'm remembering it correctly. Or maybe it went up and then, or, you know, down and back up. I forget. But, uh, you know, I think The Flash, whatever season Iris became the leader of Team Flash for some reason seemed mm-hmm. to coincide with. There was some season where they're like, they needed something for her to do, you know, now that her storyline right. didn't involve Eddie Thawne or figuring out who the Flash was or, you know, uh, and she and or Barry were murdered. together, I think. And, uh, you're being murdered. That can, you know, that can put a lot on one's plate. And then when you don't have to worry about it anymore, you got to find something to do. Yeah, so how many times TV did you get Team Flash? I, I did. Uh, the, the last the last episode I watched, I, I watched the Armageddon Thing at the beginning of the season mm-hmm. just to like jump back in Armageddon 2001? No uh, No unfortunately you know what if it was like an adaptation of that it probably would have been uh, uh, so much better <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. it was just I I was I guess I was shocked so like I, I have watched a handful of episodes of Superman and Lois which is a very well produced <laughs> show and it's very very fun and it's the same network so now I'm used to that and i picked back up and flash and i'm like oh this still looks like this still looks really cheap like it didn't even look good Mm. so i didn't understand it's almost like it's just been stuck in the same hamster wheel for a while i love endings i've learned in my old age i like things that end Mm. leading towards a thing instead of just like stretching it out for 15 years so speaking of stretching it out mr fantastic also, before we go around the room, one more bit of business. N- How do you say her, say her name? Michelle. Nich- Michelle yeah. Nichols. Yeah. Michelle Nichols passed away Saturday at the age of 89. Um, she was best known as who? Lieutenant Ni- Ni- uh, Uhura. Nioto Uhura. Nioto Uhura. Uh, On Star Trek. Although that is never series. mentioned in the, in the original series. Her, no. She's just called Lieutenant Uhura. Uh, no, but it's canon. Are you sure about so. that? Yeah. Oh, I'm not saying it's not. I just think it's interesting. Oh, I mean, it's it's canon She's now. She's notably the better half of network yeah. television's yeah. first interracial on-screen kiss in 1968. Yes. I did not know that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, wow. It was supposed to be between Nimoy and her, and Shatner demanded. He was like, the first interracial kiss I will be a part of. And, and he yeah. did. So it was Kirk and Uhura were forced to kiss, but... Yeah, she yeah. was awesome. part of that. Do you know that Martin Luther King Jr. asked her to stay on that show? Did you hear about what? that? So no. she was going to leave the show, and she met um, she met Martin Luther King Jr. at some organization, some meeting or something like that. And she was going to leave, and he said, please don't leave. You are a black woman on TV in, you know, in a... a a respected role is she's not a stereotype yeah. or anything like that. And you're like the only, you're the only one right now. Um, and so she agreed to stay on the show. Uh, That's a, so much pressure. Yeah, man. Yeah. Imagine having MLK put that on you. Like, well, first of all, I guess it's probably like an honor. 
I would think so. And she's, she agreed, obviously, right? Yeah. So, mm. you know, I would imagine that brought her gratification in life, I would hope. Um, oh, and Kevin says, anyone else watch the Milestone documentary on HBO oh, yeah. Max? It was no. a surprise in my feed. Uh, um, I was very excited to see it. I pressed play. And then my baby started screaming. So then I was like, pause. And I haven't gone back to it so, yet. So at the shop, it was very, very busy Sunday. However, we didn't have our first guest until like 1245. So I watched like 90% of that motherfucker when the, when, when the store opened. And it was fascinating to the point where I was like pausing and like, I, I, need, to, I need to actually hear what they're talking about. Because they were actually getting into yeah. their fights they had with DC Publishing, who was in charge of what by name and not. Uh, it made me miss Dwayne McDuffie even more. Uh, it's oh, it's yeah. just awesome. It's a really really good doc, and I'm I'm actually upset. It's only an hour long. I I'm sure they could have done like four episodes of how mm-hmm. like in in the weeds it was. It was really cool. Um, Robert Monroe says I figured out the twist halfway through the first episode of Superman and Lois. Saul as a typical CW show and never watch it again. Oh. I've only watched uh, like an episode and a half of that show. I didn't know there was a twist. He's, I, well, he's saying the twist is that the one you would think would be the one with powers is not the one with oh, powers. Yeah, I'm yeah. Monroe Jr. I wouldn't let that throw you. That was just like a an episode one hook. It, yeah. It's really – the story is interesting on its own. It's not um, – and the way that they both deal with it. And the, the golden sun with the powers is pretty chill about it, really. Um, well – I mean, He's got moments. I mean, if, yeah, if you're <laughs> but, right, right, right. Um, it, I would say it's definitely not the typical like he descends into bitterness and hatred. Yeah. What know? I the only thing that I don't and I, I I wouldn't even consider this a spoiler, but the only thing that I don't I know it's a show. It has to progress, but I wish they would have spent a little bit more time on. So like Jordan, the younger son who manifests the powers, um, he suffers from severe anxiety. And yeah. that is a big part of the first half of season one. But then when the plot requires him to just punch, he kind of, we kind of forget about the anxiety part. And I was like, oh, I really wish they would have kind of, you know, really worked on that a little bit more. Uh, but besides that, the show's really yeah. fun. Imagine having super senses huh? and being anxious. Like that's... Yeah. Having anxiety. Yeah, yeah. that's wild. Anyway. Um, all right. Oh, yeah. Hal says, yeah, Brian, I heard that story about MLK. Yeah. Um, and everyone agrees that the Milestone was uh, documentary was good. Huh. Oh, do you hear the so, woman who did the voice of Ursula on The Little Mermaid also passed away? Oh. Yeah. She was also excellent, but that is the only thing that I know her from. Wait, but, and, uh, yeah. I, don't, I don't know her name. No. Me neither. Oh, hey. Um, what have you been reading? What have we been doing? I'm going to start it off. Here's right. what we're going to be, what we've been doing. I finished up Severance. Have, are you guys, have anyone watching Severance? No, I really want to Plus. though. Have yet to finish episode one, but it's on the list. Really? It's so good. <laughs> Everyone watch it. Brian, you specifically, I think you would like it yeah. very much. I really, uh, I really do want to watch it. I like Adam Scott a lot. I like the, with seems like the nature of the plot, the type of story yeah. that it is. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. I'm into it. It yeah. asks it asks questions, very interesting questions. Hmm. I think you'll like it a lot. Cool. Um, so if anyone out there hasn't watched Severance on Apple Plus starring Adam Scott, 
Uh, highly recommend it. Not so. It's Adam Scott and um, from uh, uh, one of my favorite John Turturro. John Turturro's in it. Christopher Walken's in it. Oh, Christopher Walken's in it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and a very surprising kind of role. Um, and oh gosh, what was her name? She was in um, uh, Quentin Tarantino's first script movie. True Romance. Yeah. Patricia I Arquette. I remember the name. Oh, yeah. Patricia Arquette in it, and she's oh. amazing. Yeah, she's the boss yeah. lady. Highly recommend it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, watch the first episode, and like we, like we, my wife and I both dug it. It's just we just didn't watch the next one yet. Yeah. You got it. Other things It gets really, happened. really good. Yeah. Understandable. Uh, the other thing is I, re- I read a comic book this week. Oh, awesome. It was an amazing Spider-Man number 900. What'd you the think? The only comic book I read this week. Oh, besides Paper Girls. I was also reading that. I thought it was awesome. What a great issue of Amazing Spider-Man. So this is issue 900 of Amazing Spider-Man. Oh, we're doing a, a clap. Oh, I, clap. Was, I was clapping for it because it's, it is a perfect comic book. Please, go on. And I'm, it's so good. Yeah. So, yeah, issue 900 of Amazing Spider-Man is actually issue number six of the current run of Amazing Spider-Man by Zeb Wells, usually drawn by John Romita Jr., except this issue is drawn by Ed McGinnis, and it is fucking gorgeous. And it's got a throwback villain making a new appearance from, it was Amazing Spider-Man number eight back in 1964, The Living Brain. Oh. So The Living Brain returns, and then does some noodling with, um, an, uh, what's it called, an adaptoid? Yeah, a super adaptoid. A super adaptoid, a which gives adaptoid. it all of the, yeah, gives it all of the abilities of the entire Sinister Six. Oh, so he's fighting the entire Sinister Six. But the other cool thing is that, for some reason, uh, these he only read the Amazing Spider-Man Annual Number One, start, starting the first appearance of the Sinister Six, <laughs> and so the only dialogue that that machine has is dialogue of the villains from. Annual number one, yeah, <laughs> which is really fun. Uh, and then there's a surprise ending at the end, uh, which I like. I always like when this sort of thing happens. I'm not going to reveal it, but what did you think? No, you gave it. You uh, gave it a clap. It is. It, it like it was the mo- uh, after a hard week. It was the most delightful thing I put in front of my eyes. It is. Mm-hmm. It was like the perfect mixture of <clears throat> ten dollars was worth it. It's like a ninety page comic, yeah. and it's fantastic. The um. Agreed. It's like uh, the perfect mix of corny nostalgia, but without tipping over into eye-rolling BS, which I will, in my What You've Been Doing This Week, we'll talk about something that did it it poorly. Um, But yeah, man, Zeb Wells is, man, this book is so good. He's so amazing. (laughs) He's amazing. Yeah. I'm amazing Spider-Man. Um, Spider-Man's not even my favorite character, and this might be my favorite book going on right now at the Big Two. It's so good. Yeah, it's super fun. Brian, you didn't read it, did you? I did not. I do want to know what that thing is, though. I'll find out from you. I'll tell you later. Yeah. Oh, so Robin Monroe in the in the chat said, I was going to pick it up, but it was a $10 book, so never mind. Um, I It's worth the 10 bucks, I think. Yeah. It's such a good issue. I thought, I thought that the – so it's a main story and three backups – the backups are like, first of all, the backups really aren't that great to me. Um, but they're only like three or four pages each. It's like a 80-page mm. all-original oh, cool. story, all-original art, 96. Well, I mean, take out the backups, and then it's maybe 80 pages of new – of. I mean, the whole thing's all content, new content. 
there's no reprints at yeah. all. Um, That's cool. But that main story, all by Ed McGinnis, is just so fucking good. It's literally like an OGM. It's so good. Yeah, it is. It really is. It's excellent. Highly recommended. And then the other thing was, oh, I started Paper Girls. Paper Girls actually dropped on, is it Amazon Prime? Yes. Yes. Uh, and I, I think all eight episodes dropped, and I watched two of them. And Noel... Yeah. You're next up. You watched it as well, right? Yeah, actually, about an hour ago, we finished episode five. <clears throat> um, episode one and two. So I have only read the first 10 issues, 11 issues of the comic. Um, so I was I was reticent to finish to like binge the show. But um, my wife, who's mm-hmm. who's read the whole comic, was like, no, no, no I'm going to watch this without you or we'll just you're just going to sit with it. I was like, all right. Um, so we're in episode five. It's already off the rails. It, there's nothing to do with the comic other than the general like premise. It's totally different. <clears throat> Episode one and two are a touch clunky uh, to me. Like the pacing's a little clunky, and it seems like they're rushing. Episode three is like, oh, this is pretty good. Episode four is like, I'm in for life. And episode five <laughs> is one of the coolest things I've ever seen in the first like five minutes of a of a new show. They literally wow. swap status quo that was established only two, ep- two, three episodes ago. Like it's, it is a good, fun show. If somebody told me I was going to see X, Y, Z in like the fifth episode, I, I would have been like, I don't know what you're talking about. That sounds stupid. It's awesome. It's yeah. straight awesome. Great. Stick with it. Awesome. Yeah, I, I liked, I, I agree. The first two episodes <clears throat> that I watched were good. Yeah. The, well, the first episode is almost line for line, a bunch of the stuff that happens in the comic book. Um, and then two, it starts to get very different, but also still pretty fun. Uh, I wasn't blown away by it as much as I want to be by a, you know, I want Brian K. Vaughn to get a really good show. I actually liked why the last man and it didn't last. Um, I'm hoping this one will last. When they introduce, uh, so uh, a character is introduced in episode three. And I thought it was like, I asked, Sam, is this a character I haven't gotten to yet? She's like, no, it's a new character introduced to the show. And apparently Brian K. Vaughn and Cliff Chang were like, we wish we thought of this guy beforehand uh, because he's our favorite thing wow. in what we in the show. Holy shit. Also, and, and honestly, yeah. that's when the show just changes. Um, Christopher Cantwell is an executive producer and a writer on the show. Yeah. Of Halt and Catch Fire. Yeah. Yeah. Love Halt and Catch Fire. One of my favorite, favorite shows. Robert says, I was binging Paper Girls and went through the first six episodes. Uh, Confirm or deny that episode five is like a weird game changer. Robert, in the chat when you get a scenes. And Brian, did you watch anything? I did. Paper Girls? Of the Paper Girls? No. Oh. (laughs) Not I mean, did you watch anything ever? That was a weird question at this time, but I was willing to answer it. Do you you Uh, watch? (laughs) I've watched. Do you eyeball things? Um, all right, Noel, you go. I'm gonna, what did you do this week, huh? Other than Paper Girls, just I'll go really quick because I don't want to waste too much time on me. <laughs> um, so comics-wise, uh, ASM 900 was fantastic. Um, I have gone back, so I'd never read, uh, and now I'm starting to uh, read 100 Bullets by Brian Azzarello and Eduardo Riso, um, the old Vertigo series. If anybody's not familiar with it, it ended like 15 years ago, but if anybody's not familiar with it, uh, a mysterious person 
brings you an attache case of 100 rounds of untraceable ammunition, a gun, and irrefutable proof that a specific person ruined your life and how. And then you do what you want with it. Uh, it's a very interesting premise. It unfolds. I'm about 25 issues in. I know that it's a secret society kind of thing. That's fine. Um, it's enjoyable, but the only thing that is really striking me, uh, uh, striking a harsh chord with me right now is it, it does, it's, it's very dated. It reads very dated. I know that Brian Azzarello is uh, an old cranky white guy. So when I read him write people of color and harsh slang in context of scenarios, it's just it's hitting me really weird. Um, really, really weird. Uh, it could be my bias, but it also just reads forced. Like, not every Latino person starts every sentence with essay and vato all the time. Like, right. it's, it's written in a very uh, noir style, which is a choice, but I don't know if it's a timeless choice. It, right. Hal, go back and read it, or at least a handful of the issues. It's like the story's really good, but it's just some of the dialogue just feels really forced, and it's it's throwing me off. But I'm gonna finish it. It's the the plot itself is good. Um, the other comic I wanted to talk about really quickly this week was Ant Man number one by Al Ewing and Tom Riley. Oh, yeah. Um, I have it here. Uh, it's it's a four issue miniseries by Al Ewing uh, that. Each issue focuses on an era of Ant-Man. So, like, oh. Hank Pym, uh, Eric O'Grady, the dark Ant-Man, <laughs> um, oh, yeah, man. Scott Lang, and a mysterious fourth future Ant-Man. So the book starts very interestingly with, like, this future Ant-Man from 2459 or something like that, who is going back in time for reasons we don't know, collecting other Ant-Men. Uh, and it's, it's very stylish. It's really, really cool. He goes back to get, uh, um, Hank Pym in the fifties or sixties. And then the whole, s- actually no zero. <laughs> yeah, it's very forced. Um, Mars comics, uh, commented, I actually know zero Latino people who start sentences with ese or vato. You know what? Half Latino, me too. I don't know anybody that does that. Unless they're making fun of it. Oh, you're half Latino? Yeah, I'm half Mexican. Anyway. All right. Um, so the comic itself, it's, it's structured in a way to have like a bridging sequence that's in the future, but then it goes to a specific era. And of course, we're in the 60s, and it's written like a 1960s uh, Golden Age comic book. Dialogue and all um, for like... 15 of the 20 pages and it is insufferable it's so accurate it's hard to read and i didn't enjoy it (laughs) but it's it's like it's like you get what they were doing and they did it so well that it worked in repelling me (laughs) if it was if it was just like a sequence then i'd be like oh that's really cute what they did but it's literally the entire Mm. issue of hank pym being mad at some street toughs throwing popcorn at him so he gets the ants to go bite the children. It's like, it's so golden age. It's painful because I don't really enjoy that. But 
Right. Yeah, it's beautiful. Tom Riley art is absolutely beautiful. But it's just it like it was I had to pause in between and just like go read something else and I came back to it. Because the bridging sequence, uh the art like that's the future Ant Man and he's doing something. The bridging sequence is really interesting in so much as if uh, like if you go to the beginning and the end, the text boxes are fourth wall breaking. Um which is really, really cool. Like it's an AI that's speaking to the reader in context of the book. It's there's so many things going on that even though I didn't love like the main chunk of the book, I'm I'm on. I'm 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 stuck in because I want to see what they do or whatever kind of style they mimic for the next issue and going forward. This is it's mm. it's an interesting enough read to be like, Okay, uh you've got me for two or three. Let's see. So I, I thought it was pretty. You've convinced me. Yeah, you've convinced me. Give it a shot, right? I'll read this. Yeah, yeah, this looks cool as hell. Uh, and the last thing uh, that oh, I and Mars says, "Cool, no, I'm half Cuban." Says <laughs> the last thing I wanted to talk about really fast was Seinfeld. Uh, so I put the news oh. on, and it just it, like we left the TV on, and it was the Soup Nazi episode of Seinfeld, which neither of us have seen uh, yes. in like twenty years. I watched all of Seinfeld. Um, I thought it yes. was I thought it was funny. It was fun. That's cool. I do not quote it. I haven't rewatched it like a thousand times like a lot of other people have. Um, but watching it just one episode again, I think I realized that I don't like Seinfeld <laughs> because they're all awful people. But I think yeah. my, my problem with it, though, is so I watch something like Always Sunny in Philadelphia, arguably more awful people. But I love oh, that show. Sure. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Definitely more often. I, yeah. I love that show, though, because in every Seinfeld episode, they're portrayed in kind of a heroic way of being selfish, awful people. Whereas in It's Always Sunny, oh, they are, mm. to the viewer, also fucking awful. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't glorify their shitty natures, whereas the show does. And that's also why even though I don't love the show anymore, I, I don't have the same nostalgia for Seinfeld anymore. I love the finale. I loved the finale then. And I love it now still because they all went to jail for being assholes. I was like, this is great. It's such a good ending. Like it, 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 it was like, it was like nine years later, they were able to finish the joke of, will these people ever pay for being like so incredibly assholes. shitty? Yeah. And it did. And, and everyone hated it. And I was like, this is cool. This is great. I love this. Nice. Yeah, but anyway. um, yeah, I thought the finale. I thought the finale of Seinfeld. I remember thinking at the time they were like, "Oh, this is them getting their comeuppance," and I'm like, "The people who deserve comeuppance get it every episode." So it, that felt a little odd to me. But mm. I was I was thinking about it recently for whatever reason about the general notion that the characters in Seinfeld are awful people, and because uh, I was rewatching it recently too, and I was like, "They're really not." George is. Oh. And a lot of the rest of the show is about etiquette. You know, it's about unwritten social rules and how you, you don't double should not behave. Yeah, exactly. Um, you that's, know, that's or really talking about. Yeah. And Kramer is an innocent who very rarely does something that is unkind. You know, right. And in fact, often like calls the other ones on on things that they're doing that they shouldn't be doing. And Jerry and Elaine are kind of like neutral. They're not good. I, they're selfish, but they're also not bad. I think they're, which I think a, is interesting. I think they're emotional sociopaths. 
they're not like villains, mm. but mm-hmm. they are incapable for the joke. And I get that it's for the joke. Mm. So I, I'm not like offended right, right. every time I watch an episode, oh, sure. but I realize like <laughs> okay. I, I have less, I, I can't really hold on to anything anymore. Like now I just don't care for that kind of storytelling anymore, but um, sure. they're emotional, they're emotional sociopaths. And I forgot my point. I just, uh, they, they're just shitty people. Yeah. I, I often wonder if, because I've heard Jerry Seinfeld is a, is a really, really nice guy. Right. Yeah, I mean, and sure. I often wonder if this is, this is like what he would do and who he would be if he, if you couldn't hurt anybody's feelings. Right. Mm-hmm. Like these are the things that he would say, uh, if it wasn't, like horrible to say something like that to somebody or whatever. Um, but you know, I, I don't know, obviously. So, I, yeah. you know, I also, he got a lot of shit for not being able to act. And, and he I always thought, and watching again, I think he, the character, Jerry Seinfeld is amused at what he is saying. You know what I mean? Yeah. He goes through life, like saying funny things and laughing at them. Um, which like, well, so it's fine. There was, I, I, it's like I respect the show more than I enjoy it anymore. Whereas I could go back and and still watch old episodes of Always Sunny and be like, yeah, this is, this is brilliant. Mm-hmm. I never, I never saw that show because of the awfulness of it. And Seinfeld for a while, I didn't watch, kind of for the same reason. Um, that and The Simpsons were <laughs> like neck and neck uh, at the time, and for whatever reason, The Simpsons just stayed around in my esteem as this like intricate, beautiful comedy. And Seinfeld, like, kind of, you know, dropped off up a bit. But having rewatched it, some of it recently, like, oh, this is, it holds up. It's, like, very well-crafted mm-hmm. comedy that's still, that's still yeah. funny. Yeah. Uh, Robert Monroe says, I didn't like Seinfeld because I thought they were all assholes. So, same, yeah, same it's, camp. It's a well-done show that I don't have fondness for. You know, like, it's not a, sure. that show sucks. It sounds good. I just, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hot damn, I can't, I can't, I don't think I can handle it anymore. Yeah. Hmm. Fair enough. Uh, Brian. Yeah, what's up? What you been doing this week, huh? I've been doing, I've been doing a variety of things. Uh, one of which is watching the Orville, um, which I, which I've really enjoyed. The Orville has gone from a comedy set in a Star Trek type universe in season one to a, Star Trek type show with some jokes, um, in a, Hmm. in a great way, right? They've always have pretty good sci-fi storytelling, but that has become more and more the focus of what they're doing. And it's just like people who are maybe a little more like people you might run into and who aren't as stiff in, uh, Star Trek, the next generation type environment. Um, and you know, they have drinks and they joke around and whatever. Um, this particular season is on Hulu. They're whatever length episodes they want them to be. And that's pretty cool. And the, um, which is also cool because it's harder to get a read on how the story is, is playing out, which is nice. You know, when you don't know that you're like, Oh, we're at the, or the third commercial or what have you. Yeah. Um, and the effects, you know, whatever budget is increased, the scope of it is increased. They have, they introduce this character who is this ensign who all of a sudden is like the greatest at everything. 
She does this, like, four-dimensional thinking for whatever reason. She's in every episode as a major focus, <laughs> taking away from a variety of other, like... Can't imagine like, what this is referencing. No, this is a real thing. Oh, no. This is not... Yeah. yeah. Is her name but, um, Mary Sue or MS or something It's like not. <laughs> but she is what a lot of people would probably refer to as that. She... Who knows why you're thinking in the beginning. She is like, why is she doing this thing? It should be this guy who always does this kind of thing. And we haven't seen him in two episodes, you know. And she's like telling the super intelligent android what to do in this situation. You know, like that kind of stuff. She's also dating the creator, Seth MacFarlane, um, who uh, dated one of the previous actors on the show who then left the show, right? Oh. And uh, who knows? Who knows what the story was there? But yeah, she's like, it, it, she even, there's one episode, she accompanies this one group, even though she has every reason to have stayed with the original group and is made to pretend that she's in charge of engineering. There's like six other people that could do that. And it's like, what the hell is going on here? And my last episode, the reason for what the hell was going you, on there, I'm not going to say what it is. Hold on, hold on, hold on. What's happening? No, 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 no. I'm not going to say what it is. But oh. having watched this most recent episode, I was like, oh, that's what they were up to. Okay. All right. That makes sense now. Um, so it's like, it's weird. It throws you off because there's this, in season three, there's this additional character who is... Yeah takes up so much screen time and is super good at everything while at the same time not really playing a character who seems super good at this variety of things, you know? That That sounds um, interesting. Seth MacFarlane could not have done that on accident. No, 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 no. No, I'm just saying, like, that is an explicit response to uh, fandom. Oh, you think so? Oh, the Mary Sue kind of thing? Absolutely. Because he's like, uh, Seth MacFarlane is super yeah. online, and he is very in tune with all of like these franchises. Yeah, yeah. He is a giant fan of Star yeah. Wars. He is a giant fan of Star Trek. Mm. To think that he's sure. not aware of the common, all too common arguments that occur online in regards to introduced characters or newly introduced characters that just so happen to be female mm-hmm. and or people of color, it's I, it has to be right. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the the thing that occurs also just in order for whatever to happen, like, you need to have spent time with that character. Um, so it makes sense that they would that they would want to do that. But yeah, it could absolutely be a direct response to what's happening. Um, but, and in addition, the individual stories they do a lot of episodic stories a single episode um that still advance the Mm -hmm. the overall kind of narrative of this world it's been very cool and another thing i won't spoil is uh a bunch of unexpected shit that happens in this most recent episode regarding just like where they have taken some of the uh alien races and and whole show ongoing stories but also this season's ongoing stories um, yeah, it really has transformed itself into just, hey, we're doing Star Trek, but 
we're also doing it well. You know, it's it's clearly Star Trek: I, The Next Generation, but they're doing it well too. You know, I uh, JD, have you watched any of the show yet? Orville. I only watched the uh, first half of the first season or first episode, maybe. Oh, okay. or maybe I watched the first episode. Yeah. Um, and it just seemed like a Seth MacFarlane thing that wasn't funny. Like, not. I'm not saying that Seth MacFarlane is not funny. I used to really like Family Guy back in the day, but uh, it just felt like it, it wasn't interesting or funny enough to keep my attention. It's I, also hard I'd when to be watching. The- yeah. Another Star Trek show or yeah, another yeah. comedy. Do you know what I mean? When he talks and it sounds like Brian from Family Guy, that yeah. was an episode or two trying to, you know, lose There's, that association. I watched um, I watched the whole first season. Um, the yeah. the first, first maybe two episodes were just like Star Trek with dick and fart jokes. It was enjoyable, but, mm-hmm. yeah. but just like mm-hmm. that. I think it was the third episode with the gender reassignment episode. That I was like, yes. oh shit, this is a real show that actually wants to ask weird, oh, real questions. That is some of the major cool stuff this season. That, there is some that, excellent stuff. The third episode yeah. is why I finished the first season. Okay. And I've always wanted to go back and, and like do two and three, but there was such yeah. a big gap between seasons because it is a very expensive yeah. show to produce. Like they've not been secret about that. Like going to Hulu was a financial decision because it was a budgetary concerns and they could do different things on Hulu versus directly on Fox. Um, So it's just, there was such a gap that I just didn't watch the second season yet. And I saw some stuff about the third season. I was like, shit, I got to get back on that train. Cause it, yeah. Especially if that was the episode that you felt was the notable one to bring up here. Like season three does multiple cool things with that. Uh, yeah, and even even the second yeah. half of the first season with like uh, there was a <laughs> I remember the episode that like the captain and his first officer ex-wife uh, being stuck in almost like that mm-hmm. aquarium scenario. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. They were trapped yeah. in a prison, but like almost like bottles and candor, like, the bottle of candor or in uh, the mm-hmm. Brainiacs aquarium where they were just like, here's humans cohabitating for the museum or the zoo or something like that. And it was almost like a speed round of their entire relationship uh, and how it went wrong, but it was in the context of a Star Trek show. So it was just, it was really impressive that it was effective on both ends. And I mean, Seth MacFarlane's good at what he does. Like I, I don't like family guy. I don't like American dad. And like, I feel like those shows should have ended 10 years ago. But yeah, he's really good at what he does, and I'm I'm glad that he's being creative in this direction as opposed to another Edge Lord animated show. Because mm. I just don't enjoy. Yeah, those no, he anymore. clearly just yeah. loves Star Trek. Like he's clearly uh, enamored of it and just wants to do Star Trek. Like he wants to do his own Star Trek. And it finished, especially finished. there's like so many guest stars of it. Oh you know? yeah. I mean, the first season uh, had Charlize yeah, Theron yeah. for like a four-episode arc or a, a two-episode arc out of nowhere. Charlize Theron? Yeah. Was she? Oh, I meant specifically Star Trek guest stars. But oh, yes. oh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. About just I forgot like, about that. He's got friends everywhere, so it's just like, yeah, they'll show up on oh, the sure. Um But speaking of Star Trek, though, like I, I did finish Strange oh. New Worlds. show's great. Oh. Everyone should watch oh, it. Oh, my God, it's amazing. So. Yeah, uh, that show is excellent. I was looking forward to season two, the very instant season one ended. Um, uh, yeah, that's another great episodic 
Star Trek show. Um, hey, did you guys know, speaking of Mary, uh, Mary Sue, that I believe that first came from Star Trek fan fiction. Um, yeah, I think so, yes. Yeah. I remember that yeah. anecdote. Indeed. Uh, there is so much content every week. Uh, I, I found myself, uh, right right before the show, I found myself being like, how many read so much stuff and watch so much stuff. I'm like, uh, what do I want to talk about this week? But that's the joy of this new format. We can just talk about anything. It doesn't specifically have to be comics. So thumbs up everybody. Um, JD. I'm so high. Well, I was going to, I mean, you've got the script. Would you like to just maybe read the next bit? Is that in the script? Oh, wait, hang on. Hold on, hold on. (laughs) Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Seamless. I'm holding. Seamless transitions. Brian, tell the people how they can support the show. Oh, I'll tell you, if they wanted to, they could go to patreon.com backslash Johnny Destructo and give... Any amount of money, I think, upwards of <laughs> any you know, amount of money. Any amount. It loose change. I don't know. Throw it in the doorway. Tried to give a billion dollars. Yes. I don't know if it. If you yes. can go up to nobody's tried. Not yet. Not yet. Be the first, Robert Monroe Jr. Apparently, us one billion dollars. <laughs> oh, hang on. This is a message. This yeah. is a message. Call him out by name. This is a message. For the one person in Illinois that won the Mega Ball, I know yes, that I know it's amazing. not an actual billion, uh, but right. after taxes, your lump sum payout is going to be around four hundred million. That's a lot. If I had four hundred dollars and you needed one buck, I'd give you one dollar. Think it through. Thank you. No, oh, how many sets of four hundred dollars do you have? Oh, can I have that true. many dollars? Kevin does give any Two. amount. Thank you, Kevin. <laughs> Uh, yes, thank you, Kevin. We appreciate your amount. Um, <laughs> only Johnny Destructo himself is privy to the specifics of what that amount is. Yeah, we don't care. But, um, <laughs> yeah. And, I'm really into this. I'm really into this. Crunch yeah, into the last jar full of pretzels for some reason. I know you didn't buy the pretzels. I, I feel like, How do they wind up? I feel like an hmm. edible just activated maybe five minutes ago. Uh-huh. <laughs> um... So I have a thing called the rounds. The rounds? Is that a syndrome? What is I was trying to have eaten this pretzel. I'm still... Oh, I thought it was like the bends. Yeah. <laughs> no, Nitrogen that's, bubbles. That's, that's alcoholism. <laughs> I've got the rounds. <laughs> no, I've got the, the rounds. <laughs> the rounds is a service. Oh. Uh, I don't know if they're everywhere, but they're in Philadelphia. And they ride around on electric bicycles and they bring you refillable um, stuff. Like, it's a grocery run. They'll drop it off oh. to you oh. in a tote bag. It makes so these are pretzels and then, like, a natural sponge and... Um, <laughs> pretzels and a natural else? sponge? And and hand soap and uh-huh. shampoo. Yeah. Sustainable right. stuff. I thought oh, it was all going to be stuff you ate. Bagels. Yeah. Huh. Are they all round things? No. Oh, all stop right. it. Do they have curves? You know, the jars, well, bagels, are, the jars have rounds. Around. The jars, the jars are round. In which, yeah. in, in which, all, all I didn't re- know yeah. about was the natural sponge. <laughs> oh, Christopher Goodnight says I just finished Paper Girls and the first three episodes of Pretty Little Liars: Original Sins. Oh, nice! I, I will never watch oh, that, nice. Christopher. Thank you. Thank you. Hmm. All right. The reason we're all here tonight. Yeah. Friendship. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Oh. Oh, besides family and friendship, camaraderie. Hashtag family. Come. 
Rattery. Uh, everything everywhere all at once. We're going to be talking about it. We're going to be doing our review on it. It's from A24. It was released in 2022. It was written and directed by Zed Daniels, both of them. And it stars. Okay, I always said Michelle Yao. Turns out. Yo. Yo. I'm wrong. It's Michelle Yo. <laughs> but I just, I think I just like the sound of Yao. Okay. She but I've, I've since adjusted. Michelle Yo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't. Uh, <laughs> Stephanie who? Or Sue? Sue. I don't know that one. Sue. Stephanie Sue. Uh, Kehua Kwan? I think so. And Jamie Lee Curtis. And uh, it's about, I'll tell you what it's about. Yeah. When an interdimensional rupture unravels reality, an unlikely hero must channel her newfound powers to fight bizarre and bewildering dangers from the multiverse as the fate of the world hangs in the balance. Um, I'm just going to get started. Okay. Top number one movie of at least, at least the last five years. This mm-hmm. is my favorite film. I had such an emotional reaction. I was engaged the entire time. I was curious. I was delighted. I had a smile on my face. And I was absolutely um, enthralled by Michelle Yeoh. I have loved her since her early days, um, doing her, um, what would you call them, like super cop. And... Uh, Man, she's she's just wonderful, and I like that she had such a breadth of roles that she could inhabit in one movie and really kind of show off what she's capable of. Um, you know, she's usually just known for her physicality and her kung fu movies, but watching her perform in this was... I was in the whole time, man. This, this was such a fun experience. I love the poster with all of the uh, the eyeballs, you know, the googly eyes. Really fun. Everything about this movie, top to bottom, loved it. I have no complaints about this movie. Nice. Noel, what did you think of Everything Everywhere All at Once? I think this will be a short conversation because <laughs> I have no notes. I mean, this movie, it's, it's fantastic. Uh, I, the, <clears throat> the juxtaposition of so many genres and themes in such a fun and creative way. It's just so incredibly rad. It's, it, it's a, it's a really wonderful movie. Um, I, I think I read an article and I think I read, I did, I read an article, but, uh, poorly. Thank you. Thank you. Solid. (laughs) Not to humble brag, but I'm, (laughs) but I read, but I'm, but I'm literate. Um, Hashtag do your own research. (laughs) Do you even read? Um, No. uh, uh, About how there's a, it's almost like a theme now. There's a, millennials are now making uh, movies and telling stories. And almost all of them uh, have, are centered around, the central conflict is centered around just parents saying they're sorry. Or, or, mm. or having, mm-hmm. having um, some sort of uh, emotional closure with a parent. <laughs> and I think that's really, really funny uh, in, in a very, very true way. So this was, this, the, this entire movie was, had the largest and the smallest stakes at the same time. And that I found very appealing. Um, but I mean, I was in from, 
from uh, Swiss Army Man. The trailer? No, well, I'm talking about like. Oh, okay. I, I I'll watch the Daniels tell any story they want to. If they want to like adapt a pamphlet, I'm sure it'll be a, a <laughs> rousing experience that uh, teaches me something about myself. Not unlike every other movie of theirs. So I mean, yeah, this is this is great. The less you know, the better. Um, but just know that it's worth watching. Mm-hmm. Brian. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know too much going into it, other than it's a multiverse thing, and there's different versions of the character that Michelle Yeoh is playing. And I was glad that I didn't. I sort of had a different picture of what it was going to be when I went into it, and um, uh, that was not a problem for me at all. Going through, I thought it was uh, a great movie. Um, I thought the the weirdness of the exploration of the multiverse, I really appreciated. Um, I You get a lot of the different things like you would expect, like what if I chose this or what if I chose that? But you also get some worlds or a world where biology is different in such a way that it, that, that could not exist <laughs> in the world that we're in, but exists there. And I like that expression of the idea of the infinite, you know, or the way that they shift or not shift, but, you know, kind of link with one of the other universes in that they have to do something unexpected. And it's funnier than I thought this movie was going to be. Mm -hmm. But also the, the fact that that is sort of true to the idea that it's, something that is unusual you're doing something different and so it will sometimes be funny or the biology world the different biology world is funny kind of yeah what's up but uh, what i what makes this to me like that exact reason why it's special but what makes it even more special and effective is none of those Mm -hmm. things were throwaways now Mm -hmm. i I don't care to i don't care to uh, compare this to Doctor Strange, because so many people are for some fucking reason. They're completely oh, no. different movies. However, I will, yeah. I will, I will say, in Doctor Strange, there's one sequence where they fall through a multiverse and it's super cool and all kinds of stuff happens. In mm-hmm. this movie, they explore the infinite, and every single thing that they explore is used as a story point later on. So the even mm-hmm. even the stupid hot dog fingers, in the reality in which. Michelle Yeoh's character and Jamie Lee Curtis are in a relationship and they keep Mm -hmm. cutting to that, their exploration as a couple at the same time that they're cutting to them having an emotional connection Mm -hmm. in the other universe. Mm -hmm. So like there's no throwaway jokes. The, the rocks with googly eyes have an emotional impact on the characters in another universe. There's, yeah. Nothing. There's no wasted space in this movie at all, which I thought was incredibly impressive, and it it just it begs for repeat viewings. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not. Oh, yeah. not yeah, I wanted to watch it again before we because we had pushed it a week, and as soon as I got done that movie, actually, I was like, should probably watch that again before the show. <laughs> um, but yeah, I like how it it takes everything in the movie seriously. Right, even the things that are funny to us, but like the multiverse wouldn't care what's funny to us if it should exist or not. 
You know what I mean? What would we find too strange or unbelievable to exist? Mm. And it takes every one of those things seriously. Um, and I think that that adds a lot to the, to the nature of the storytelling, right? It's not just gags. Um, there's a, yeah. there's a, from the, to your point, taking it seriously, there's a quote from the Daniels. The, the writer directors are both named Daniel. So professionally they refer to themselves as Daniels. Just Daniels. I've not heard that before. Um, yeah. Their first movie, Swiss Army Man, which is a very weird fucking movie, and it's great. Mm. Um, mm. The original pitch for that movie was it's a movie about flatulence, and we want the audience to laugh at the first fart and cry by the last fart. <laughs> and that it's amazing. nails the movie. So when you talk about like mm. the film – so. Where a camera is pointed in a movie, that's God's eye. You know, the director is God of this world, and it only shows you what it wants you to see. Mm-hmm. What they take seriously and what they don't is, like, the discretion of God. And in this, like, universe, God doesn't waste space and takes everything on face value. So mm-hmm. the universe and everything is on top of a bagel. And we're taking that seriously and the ramifications of the mm-hmm. universe and everything being on a bagel. This is so fucking cool. Super cool. Yeah. I loved the the imagery of it, right? The expressions of the different infinite things when it yeah. gets very abstract, like especially in that in that all white sort of temple-ish, you know, kind of place, universal temple place. Um that was cool. All of the, the ways that the daughter changes, um, just like nonstop almost. Um all, all of that visual imagery was very cool and the transitions were very cool. Do you guys recognize her? I didn't. Uh, my girlfriend pointed it out. She was in uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Never watched that. Oh, such a good show. Yeah. Put, put it on the pile of all the good who, shows who I haven't watched that? yet. Sure. <laughs> um, who was in the, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel? The daughter. She's the daughter in oh. Everything Everywhere All at Once. She plays Joel's girlfriend in the... Uh, oh. Yeah. No kidding. What yeah. Very different look, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's amazing. But she plays like a 1950s person in that and and plays everything else in this one. And also a 1950s person, probably at some point. (laughs) Uh, Hal says, loved everything everywhere all at once. Made my head hurt the first viewing. So I had to watch it again. Great ending, especially for people who have been in a long relationship. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Um, oh yeah. They, uh, the husband, also phenomenal and oh my able God, to yeah. play multiple different kinds of the person that, you know, like the uh, permutations of that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, also very notable actor from the 1980s, making his return to the screen uh, yeah. after like, what, 25 years or something? Uh, more 20 like, years, his fa- first major role in 20 years. Mm. But, but what you're referring to is like well over 30 years ago, the Goonies. Mm. Right, right. And um, he was a short round. Yes. Yeah. I heard, uh, but I don't know how reliable this is, that he intentionally left acting because he he felt that there wasn't Asian representation um, in a, you know, in in a quality sort of way. Um, And then, like, the IMDb write-up makes it seem like you know, he's, he became a second unit director. He's still in the business. He's just not getting roles anymore. And he finally is. Yeah. So, uh, it, it was because he saw crazy rich Asians 
and decided, then he decided that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he was a, he was excellent in a good so way good. or a bad way. No, good in way. a good way. Good like, way. oh, this is yeah. a legit movie starring Asian people. Oh, I was like, made by Asian people. Is that, is yeah. that like shade yeah. at Crazy Rich Asians? Okay, yeah. Right, right. I, I saw Crazy Rich Asians. I got to like, fix this. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I can do better um, than that. Wait, speaking of yeah. that, though, about the multiverse. The direct. No, wait. I'm sorry. That's that's wrong. Sorry. Destin, cool. Destin, well, I speaking was of say, Seinfeld, though, I got the dad, uh, the grandfather, was among mm-hmm. many many other roles. Is the uh, Chinese restaurant Major D. Um, in the Chinese Seinfeld. restaurant episode of Seinfeld? Yeah, uh, nice. James Wong. Yeah. James Wong. Yeah. Yeah, who just got his walk. Story actor. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Hong. Uh, James Hong. Sorry. Hong. Uh, yeah, he, uh, he's awesome uh, in yeah. Big Trouble in Little China. One of my favorite movies. Oh, man, I have not seen not, that movie. Not one, of my, not one of my favorite James, John Carpenter movies. One of my favorite yeah. movies. Just Sure. For sure. Movies. I'll tell you who no, I Jack didn't Burton recognize in this movie was Jamie Lee Curtis for quite oh, some yeah. time. You know? Oh, you didn't realize? That's awesome. Yeah, she's so uh, transformed from, yeah. you know, just her facial expression is what does most of it. And she's mm-hmm. also in, you know, an unusual wig and that kind of thing. But Well, she's, um, got, she's in like no, a she fat suit, too. Crazy. No. No, she's really? not. Really? She's just There's, holding her body that in was the way. Literally, that was the big, she... That was the... <laughs> What? No. Yeah, that I think that's CG. That is her belly. She actually fought. She like told them, "I want to dress myself, oh. and I want to have my real belly out." So oh. that's her oh. real belly. The, I, oh. I thought it was. I thought it was a faint because there was literally a scene where um, when she did, she it sucks in unnaturally. Right. Yeah. I think mm. that's CG. Uh, mm, interesting. Right on. I mean, good yeah, for her. It was her. like a big deal that she wanted to like have her her real body in it and everything like that. And then when she showed up in costume on the first day and was doing what she was doing on the mm-hmm. first day of shooting, uh, she really put it, everyone at ease and let everyone know just kind of what this movie was going to be. She set the tone is what they said. Mm. So, man, yeah, she's, such she's a, fun. I like her a lot. It's such a mix of this lighter, more comedic thing than I thought it was going to be for being this esoteric, explorative sci-fi story. Um, and I thought those things worked very well together in this. I, th- uh, I, th- it's I very cool. think that's the basis of this conversation. The fact that this movie is not one thing. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. it's, uh, um, it's not 10 things. <laughs> no. How many things? It's everything. <laughs> Everywhere. Where? Oh, at <laughs> all at once. Time. Yeah. <laughs> all at once. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, um, I liked those title cards. Uh, Speaking of that, the yeah. everything, like part two everywhere and part three all at once uh, was really cool. It was very effectively done. Um, when the halfway through or half, half-ish way through when the movie ends, uh, yeah. I was like, that doesn't seem right. <laughs> Let's stick with this for a moment longer. Yeah. Maybe I, <laughs> yeah. Maybe I won't get out of my seat just yet. <laughs> right. Well, I, so I didn't see it till it, uh, I saw it at home, um, which oh, I, see. I guess is a bit of a different experience oh, just because, you know, I, there's I, nobody else around me. That, I mean, that, I, I leave the living room well, every time person. a movie ends. I, I walk yeah. out. 
You're just, oh, yeah, I, I just like, I got my phone. Credits roll. <laughs> I pick up all my shit from the couch and I leave. Yeah. I leave. Yeah. You got to let that sit. And then you can go back into the kitchen <laughs> or into the uh, living room and watch something else. Sure. Yeah. You have to transition mentally. Yeah. Yeah. That's how movies should be watched. <laughs> yeah. No binging. Um, oh, apparently, um, Quan, what is it? Kehu Quan, um, the husband, delivers a reference to his Indiana Jones character short round when yelling at Evelyn to snap out of it. The scene plays out exactly the same yeah. in Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom when Indy is under a spell by Mola Ram. That's interesting. Anum Shika. Sometimes I wonder about that Shut stuff. I just saw a meme. I just saw a meme today. Uh, it was like, in Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, Obi-Wan tells Leia she won't always be 10 years old. This is foreshadowing <laughs> to a, la- a new hope when she is not 10 years old. <laughs> I love that. I love yeah. that bit. So dumb. Yeah. Um, mm. And this one, I think that probably is intentional. But there, sometimes you read these and you're like, that is not a reference to that thing. That is not, you have made that connection in your head. This is not right. the case. That joke doesn't mean that or whatever. Um, uh, yeah. Oh, speaking of this movie, though, the scene with the two rocks and the sunrise. Oh, I couldn't believe it. But like austerely beautiful. Just yeah. amazing. Perfect use of silence. and teared up. Yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah. Yeah, and I was I was surprised as Noel had said earlier about the the sausage fingers, the hot dog finger mm-hmm. universe. That I can't be, I couldn't believe as it was happening that they were like making that important later on again. Yeah, that that was, was one like, that you saw another time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Also, and the, and the love that they have for each other in that universe is so sweet. Rakakuni and so like everything. Rakakuni. I everything yeah. everything okay. fucking loops in on itself which is just it's it's yeah. it's just a storytelling feat it's a again mm. a, this is a longer conversation but it really is all down to like the first bit like no notes this movie's great mm. yeah yeah it's just good. well christopher goodnight has notes he has christopher notes. goodnight's down in the chat and he says couldn't disagree more i was so bored and it was too weird too weird i can i don't think exists for me. Too weird? Personally. Now, things can be weird and not great, but, um, yeah, that, that's not uh, that's not something that, that I have experienced maybe in at least quite a long time. Um, yeah. But, yeah, uh, to each their own. Uh, that is unfortunate that, that uh, you were bored. Mars uh, says, this sounds great. Going to have to watch this. And, oh, and Hal actually chimes in. Yes, Mars, go watch it. Yeah, I was go. gonna say. I think all three of us here on the show, yeah, hundred percent would would recommend several yeah, times for sure. Yeah, I would say definitely go check it out. Um, if you're if you're the kind of person that likes the stuff that we talk about on this show and watch this show, you'd you'd like it. I think. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's not foolproof. Christopher Goodnight's not into it, but I think you got a good chance of enjoying of enjoying the mm. movie. It's uh, it, um, it's absolutely worth it. Yeah. Uh, you know what? It's in- interesting. Also, uh, I've heard people say that Clark Kent is very successful because people put himself into their place, and it's like if I had, I, I maybe meek. If I had this secret, you know, I could secretly be Superman, and wouldn't that be awesome? And in some ways, Michelle Yeoh's main character is a fulfillment of not having accomplished what you would like to have done. 
Right. Yeah. Her I, power is that she tried a lot of things and didn't do any of them, you know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, maybe that's always been the case throughout human history for one reason or another. I think partially in this day and age, um, a lot of people are very busy surviving, working. Noel mentioned a nine to five earlier. That's the classic. We don't even do that anymore. It's eight to five, you know, plus commutes and other distractions and what have you. And uh, you spend a lot of your energy doing that and you leave aside things that you wanted to do. Um, and I think that this movie um, makes it like, well, what if that was actually my greatest ability? Wouldn't yeah. that be nice? You know? She failed at every single thing. Right. And that puts yeah. her right at the crossroads to achieve allness, um, which sounds nice. Sounds great and to be all things. When even the, the 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 conversation that uh, the husband and wife have in the reality, the universe where they're uh, she is a mega where yes. she's Michelle Yeoh, yeah, yeah where she's yeah basically yeah, Michelle yeah. Yeoh, yeah, um, and he is a businessman, like a successful businessman. They both have reached the pinnacle, I guess, of what they wanted in their worlds, and yet they still kind of feel empty and alone, and they miss each other. Mm-hmm. Um, even though she's, I think, a little hesitant to admit it. Uh, and he has that line of like, I, something about, uh, I want to do taxes with you. I want to wash yeah. clothes. Do and do I want to run a failing laundry and do taxes with yeah. you or something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was, oh man, it got me. This I'll movie, what, he seems like two different people in that, like in that one and oh, all yeah. of his other roles. You know, he transforms himself so capably. Um, it's it's really cool. It's usually it's usually a down or um, uh, a a negative in most movies uh, when they have multiple endings, but this movie's so expansive. There's there's, I think like three or four different finales. Each character gets their own mm. uh, arc. Mm. Even even the yeah. girlfriend who you don't yeah like meet for more than four seconds at a time yeah gets a full arc. Like every character yeah. in this movie gets an arc, which is really and it, they're all emotionally satisfying. Yeah. Oh, you know, that's what um, it was. In another life, I would have really liked just doing laundry and taxes with you. Yes, so. that's a good line. That was a great line. Uh, yeah. But go on. Sorry. Um, oh, uh, no, you had mentioned Rekakuni a while ago. And I think that uh, that is itself a really cool exploration of the infinite that the not only does everything you can think of exist and all fictional movies are represented out there somewhere, not because they're fictional here, but just because they can exist. So too does her mistaken idea about what the movie Ratatouille is also exists. <laughs> like she yeah. is incorrect about that in her universe. And yeah. that also yeah. is real somewhere. That's a and good it's point. Awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Yeah, I like to think uh, I like to think that every time somebody gets like a song lyric wrong, they've created a branch mm-hmm. universe. There is a yeah, world where, there where that is the correct lyric. Where, yeah, where, where somebody is singing that. Yeah. Hold me closer, Tony Danza Jimmy has Hendrix its own saying, universe. Yeah. <laughs> See, when I was younger, Pardon me while I, I kiss was, this guy. Yeah. <laughs> Hold me close and tie me down, sir. That also oh, that one definitely exists. There's a universe yeah. right there. Yeah. yeah. And it's not because you've thought of no, that. it just it existed. Just exists, you know, it's, it, and yeah. uh, it's one of my favorite concepts, right? That just every permutation 
is out there somewhere. The, um, the improbability yeah. of probabilities kind of thing. Like the, what was it? Douglas Adams mm. who did the whole thing about Hamlet. Like uh, if you have an infinite number of monkeys in a room with an infinite amount of time and an, On an, infinite, infinite, typewriter, type, so. uh, an infinite amount of typewriters, they're going to eventually bang out Hamlet. It's just, it's, yeah. it's just all feasibilities in the ether. Yeah. 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 In fact, there is, uh, it's called Babel something. There is a computer program which has combined the English or Latin characters Wait, is it called, in every possible. Is it called Babelfish? It might be. That's, yeah. Again, in a reference Douglas to Adams. Douglas Adams. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Um, uh, it, it combines every possible permutation of Latin characters and spaces and punctuation and everything. Uh, and everything that can possibly be written is in there somewhere. Um, uh, so, yeah, I guess the monkeys could do it if they, they would get off their lazy asses. And in conclusion, yeah. Brian concurs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hal 2814 says, um, yeah, when he said that line, it hit so hard. When my wife came home, I hugged her so hard. The line about laundry and taxes. Mm. Uh, and my response is four uh, hours later. Yeah, my response. No I mean, idea what was going on. My wife would just be like, "I've been. I just got home. Give me a second. Yeah. What, yeah. what did yeah. you yeah. do? Give my stuff down. Yeah. What did yeah. you do? <laughs> do you know that this movie was originally uh, written for Jackie Chan in mind for the lead role? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. This is much more effective. Um, now here's hold on. Daniels yeah. originally wrote the script. I'm reading this off of the IMDb. Ultimately, Daniels reconsidered the leading role to be played by a woman, feeling a husband and wife relationship was more convincing. Wouldn't it what? be what? <laughs> what? Right? The, well, it was. Yeah. It was. Was it just supposed to be rather a, than a, a, a man and his son, as opposed to a whole family dynamic? Oh, oh so that's what, interesting. I see. Yeah. I, I was like, was he not also alive. going to be married to a woman? What? Okay, right. Yeah, this seems. I mean, I think Michelle Yeoh is also. Probably a more well-rounded actor than Jackie Chan oh, absolutely. is. Oh, um, However, he was really good in that Hamlet. last one he did. He's, what was that last uh, one he did? The last American one, uh, Foreigner, something like that. Yeah. He's a very good great. actor. He's actually just a really good actor. Yeah. Is he? Yeah. Does he just get pigeonholed in doing his thing? I mean, I think, I mean, I think Michelle Yeoh did. I think he pigeons his own hole. He likes it. Like he, he's just All like right. this. Hey, pigeon your holes. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he, he goes in raw, just pigeons his own hole. Yeah, do it. Uh, Richest do man. It up there on the big screen. I need someone to pinch. I don't want to pinch my own. I'd like someone to help me. You want somebody pinch? to pigeon your holes for you? Pigeon your We all have to pigeon our holes. Are we holes saying pigeon or pinch? I think pigeon. Saying, pigeon. Pigeon hole. Pinch Not pigeon your holes. How would you pinch? Wait, is, is that a saying now? Like he doesn't like, he, uh, he's such hole pinched. He pinched, he's pinched uh, in a hole. Yeah. His, yeah. His hole got so, so pinched. Yeah, uh, pinch your hole buy, over it, JD. Buy a yes, pigeon. Quit. Hey, I'm gonna need you to quit pinching your hole over it. All right, just relax. It was off the rails. Uh, I told you I'm high. <laughs> so, movie three. What do we talk? Uh, everyone, go watch it if you haven't watched it yet. Watch it again. Go with watch fresh the movie. Eyes. Uh, yeah. What are we talking about next week, JD? Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Oh, what is Thank it? you so much for asking me. Next week. All right. At the same bad time, this same bad channel. We're going to be discussing Superman, Son of Kal-El, Volume 1, which, if you read it in issues, is issues 1 through 5? 6. 6. 1 through 6. 
So, uh, yeah, join us here next week, 9 p.m. on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook Live uh, to talk about that. As well as what we've been watching this week, huh? Mm-hmm. That's a return segment. Or, wait, is that that's a return segment, right? What was the original one called? Like, what you been up to, huh? Or was it what you been watching? Yeah, it's basically it. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, shut up. <laughs> Anything else? Anything else before I we split? specifically made a callback? Um, oh, 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 oh! I remembered something else that I've been reading. Uh, I am getting caught up on Iron Man by Christopher Cantwell and Cafu. Oh, it yeah. is fucking awesome! It's crazy oh, awesome. I read the first chunk of them and it was great. I have no idea about any. I have, I know nothing about Korvac. Other than his name. Oh, oh yeah. And he was a threat 40 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it's it's like all Korvac all the time, and it's it's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's crazy awesome. I only know yeah. him from that one episode uh, or arc of um, the Earth's Mightiest Heroes cartoon. Oh. Uh, it's probably but it's probably in vain. Cool. Like of what the original yeah. story was. This is a whole new thing, probably. but still, it's great. And I love cool. Tony and Patsy Walker. Such a good such a good combo. Yeah, they're. I like them together. They're fun. Hmm. All right, guys. Well, we're going to head out. But just remember what old Johnny Destructo does when the earth quakes and the poison arrows fall from the sky and the pillins, pillars of heaven shake. Keep yeah. Going. Johnny Destructo just looks that big old storm right square in the eye and he says, give me your best shot, pal. I can take it. That seems unwise. What's in the bag, Wang? <laughs> <laughs> What's in the bag, Wang? <laughs> What's in the bag, Wang? Uh, also, go watch um, uh, Big, Big Trouble in Little China. China. Is now, I think it's now on HBO Max in HD. Uh, I think everyone should watch it. That's homework next week. It's one of my favorite movies. It reminds me of uh, a scene from uh, Star Trek The Next Generation where the guy talks about, it's like this myth of the guy that stands to face a storm and everyone else runs and hides inside and he's like, ah, I'm not afraid of this storm. And in the morning... They come out and he was dead because the storm does not respect a fool. Shit. That's, yeah. that, honestly, that sounds like Jack Burton. Yeah. Classic is. Jack. You need to watch Big Trouble uh, in Little China. Jesus Christ. Put it on the schedule. So I mean, good. I have seen it, but it's been Put it on the schedule. Mars says, great show, guys. I missed you all. I'm liking the new format. Thanks. Thank you, Mars. Yes, I was worried. Mars Comics, you seem to... Dicey about our format change. Yeah, and no, I'm glad what? that we've no comics. I'm still on. I'm yes, still on weekly, Mars. Too. I got you. We'll talk. Oh, I'll Mars. You, Mars. Also, so at the end of every month, we're going to do a month roundup on the weekly comics. So if there's anything that comes out this month that you want us to talk about at the end of the month, let us know. Yeah, you can also suggest other things for us to talk about. Oh uh, yeah, movies. Yeah, anyone in the anything. audience, uh, you can self-help books. To us. Yeah, we only have... You can yeah. send us your sexual questions. We will answer your romantic sure. queries. Sure, yeah. What should you do in this or that scenario? That you know, you do. You got You pinch the hole. Yeah, you got to pinch that hole. That is that is a universal uh, good idea. Yeah, sure. always pinch the hole. Pinch the never hole. never not hey, be hole pinching. One time somebody... I gave them that advice. It was sage advice. I gave them that advice. Mm-hmm. They came to me and they say, where's the hole? And I just looked at them and walked away. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, ah! thank you, Noel. You are now my favorite. Give it time. That hurts. 
That hurts. <laughs> yeah. Give right, me time. Go away. Have a good night, everybody. Toodles. Love you. Thanks so much for listening to Spoiler Alert. Check out all our shows, including the Cannibal Horrorcast, where we review classic and contemporary horror. Oh, it's so spooky! And Gutter Talk with the Black Tribbles, recorded live every week at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex in Nanyang, PA. Yeah.